On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. Coming in at 320 kilobytes per second, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Maddie C. For you and me. Welcome everybody to Maddie C Sports for you and me, uh, season two, episode three. So I have a very special guest, uh, Riley Coche from the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, former enforcer badass, I should say. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Um, so I've, I've watched your podcast as of recent and you just have awesome Philly flyers all over. And, um, what's it like to reconnect with, you know, former players and past players, you know, you played with and stuff like that. Uh, It's been really nice, honestly, uh, kind of get back in the game in a different way. I got out of coaching, uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms three years ago. So, uh, doing some youth hockey stuff, I was kind of disconnected from, from, you know, from the game and, uh, you know, just the timing was right with my buddy, uh, Derek Selmeyer nasty there. Um, you know, he's got an awesome little, uh, setup with his pro shop there. I, I was over there one day. I was like, we got to use that. We got to do something with this space, with our connections. And, uh, we, yeah, so we just kind of turned an idea into a thing and, and rolled with it. And we wanted to, you know, do a kind of a, a, a video podcast type of thing, you know, cause you know, highlight what, yeah. what it looks like to interact with somebody, you know, God knows everything's gone zoom and I understand, but, uh, you know, just, uh, for the, you know, for the guys that are local and in the area, we are going to tap into some zoom stuff, but, uh, you know, just for obvious reasons of just accessing more people, it's not always that easy to get somebody you know, in studio, but, uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. You know, you just, uh, you know, shooting the shit and, t- you know, talking real talk, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't designed to, to talk numbers and analytics and to go into detail like that. It's just about humanizing the athlete and, Again, a lot of these guys I know, but, uh, you know, as we get moving along with this, there'll be a lot of guys I hadn't played with and, and really, you know, don't have a great relationship with. So it's, you know, building a relationship just through, you know, credibility of playing the game and, understand, you know, and, and have once, you know, been in that situation in some way, shape or form and, and just having fun with it. You know, there's all kinds of fun stories and things that go on that, you know, you hear and you can bring up. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good so far. We're six deep and yeah, just gonna keep building, and, you know, getting back in the community. Um, you know, there's so much opportunity with flyer fans and flyer type of events that, uh, you know, just, it's just getting creative with it and, you know, getting it out there and, you know, building a brand really, it's what it's all about. Oh, exactly. I mean, I got, you know, my brand here and, you know, helping local industries like up here at Theory Wellness, uh, their type of, uh, cannabis dispensary here in Massachusetts. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great thing to give back and, you know, um, I tell you, like you, there in Philadelphia, like the people are really nice. Like, because I came there when I um, took my wife there for like, I think it was our honeymoon or something, and uh, <laughs> went to go see a game. And um, thank, well, we were wearing military appreciation T-shirts for the Bruins, and then we had Bruins fans next to us, and they were like ruthless to people. Out, like, if you're wearing a Bruins jersey, but like. Unfortunately, the Flyers lost six to one that game, but it's crazy. Like I saw it myself, but did you see it when you were playing? Like if you guys were not playing well, they would boo you like right there, like your own fans. Oh, yeah. You know, I've seen it several times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh, you, you can't blame them. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things. They, they, they invest their, their money into uh, entertainment, into watching a product and they expect a certain standard of of hockey and you know you know it's not they say always 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 about the win it's about the effort you know and you know the wins usually come along with the effort but you know if if, if they see that the effort's not there they're gonna let you know you know it's right, again, yeah. they're spending their hard-earned money on tickets and and for the experience and the last thing they want to do is see a, a team not giving it a hundred percent or 110 percent in a blue-collared city so 
I think that's it. I mean, I think it's a fair, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fair thing. I mean, it's like you're getting paid a lot of money to perform, um, you know, as a collective and as individuals. And if you, if you can't meet that standard, I mean, they're going to let you know. So, I mean, they're just, uh, they're old school, you know. I think Boston's a little bit, a little bit the same way. Maybe, maybe not as hardcore, but, they're, you know, I, I know the Boston. Um, hmm. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe not quite as bad but uh you know whatever they uh yeah they just uh, they're honest <laughs> let's put it that way right we we are very much so um it, it you know flyers fans that came not bad toronto fans not bad but when montreal french canadian oh, yeah. guys come down in in loads of buses yeah it's gonna be trouble that was my college days so i uh <laughs> won't i won't say we fought in the stairwell but uh <laughs> yeah no that's a different animal too yeah the boston montreal uh rivalry is probably similar more to like philly and pittsburgh or something you know where there's like this is yeah. almost, almost like uh, religious groups or political parties or yeah. <laughs> right right that's almost, what we should be worried about yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, i know what you mean though for sure you can imagine um so yeah going back to you and your in your playing days so like man you fought some heavy dudes man it, it just amazes me like you fought like George LaRock and then Aaron Roy must have had like a beacon on you because he was always trying to get at you. Or Aaron Rua, I should say. Andre Andre Roy, yeah. Or Andre Rua, yeah. He always had something against you. And that toe-to-toe with Sean Thornton stuff, I mean, like, does that like venture back out of hockey? Like, do like do you guys become friends or like is it just like you don't talk or <laughs> no I, I, you know it's interesting with like the like the, the true legitimate the heavyweights like the true you categorize an enforcer um there's so much respect towards each other that you know there's a lot of guys that i didn't know at the time that i ended up meeting after and becoming friendly with and doing some cannabis and mushroom work with and you know what i mean like healing stuff and then other guys that you, you you never actually really ever get to know outside of, out of the fight, but there's always like a mutual respect there. I fought in my roommates and fought guys I played with, and um, I, you know I've I, I've smoked some weed with a lot of guys I've fought, and, and you know again like helping guys uh, you know heal later on in, in their lives uh, with this stuff. So um, you know it's like that warrior mentality, you know that 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 true like just honor and respect. Uh, but then, you know, obviously, like outside of that role, you know, there's some cheap shots and there's like probably some little more beef going on with uh, with the fight and, you know, and, uh, and with the emotions in the game. But, you know, when you talk about like true legitimate heavyweights going at it, unless there was a cheap shot or something below the belt somewhere down the line where they're like, oh, you know, there's some beef. Uh, it's uh, it's like all all pure mutual respect and. Um, you know, I, and I love that, you know, a guy like Sean Thornton, I've, I've spoken with him a few times after the games, uh, back throughout, you know, the, the, our, our, our old minor league days together when we fought a bunch and then, you know, just like, so I don't really know him outside of just knowing that he's a good guy because, uh, you know, after the fight, <laughs> we're like, awesome job, you know, it was like, cause it was nice to fight a guy like more our size and we'd open up with each other and, you know, and so, uh, I know he. I know from what I hear too that he's a you know a genuine human and you know really down yeah. good guy, and you know and I think you you have to be to some degree to to be in that role, right? I mean you have to have a, at least a piece of you that's selfless to want to go and and take punches from George the Rock and Donald Bashir and, and Brian McGrath and like you know like I know dude yeah like, obviously it, there's a selfish crazy. selfish piece that yeah I needed to do that to ever play in the NHL but like. I mean, man, I mean, I was just, you know, like you're the sacrificial lamb. Like, you, you know, it's like you, you, like, you, you know, you, it's like, okay, well, now I got to go fight this guy to keep the peace. And it's like, well, no one else is going to do it, you know? It's yeah, like, no shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, so yeah. So there's just like that, that, that real, you know, piece of character that seems to be pretty consistent amongst all the guys that I've come across with that I've fought in or, or maybe necessarily didn't fight, but know who they are and they, they're legitimate heavyweights. Uh, but they all have that, you know, that, I don't know, just that, that, that respect for them. Cause it's a tough, tough job and no one wants to do it. And it's, again, it was more self-policing in that enforcer role than fighting. Cause you, you're a cheap shot or, you know what I mean? Like you cheap shot at someone. Now you're, now you're fighting because like of your own selfish act, actions, which, you know, there's a lot of guys that get mistaken for that role and uh, it's different. Uh, it's a different mentality. So the respect value is much higher when you talk about true, legitimate, tough guys. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen for, things like 
two times I've seen people that were like that just deserve to be fought upon. Like, I mean, I didn't really like how Matt Cook did with Mark Savard. Right. I thought that was a cheap shot and, you know, no forgiveness for that. And, you know, um, Claude Lemieux always was trying to take people out back in his day of hockey, you know? So it's like, I, I like how you say there's a neutral respect amongst like fighters. Uh, like I wouldn't say fighters, just pretty much hockey players. I mean, Sean Thornton, I've seen him numerous times when I went to games and, um, you know, he's a, he's a good guy around charity, his own charity. And, and, you know, you with your, um, you're helping out other people yourself with, uh, your back check stuff, you know, like it's good stuff to keep you healthy and, and spiritually in a good space with your stuff. And I find that very interesting. Like what, how does that stuff work that you're you're producing? Well, I'm into a few different things, but you're talking about body check wellness, which is a, uh, a hemp derived CBD and mm-hmm. functional mushroom company. So, um, for you know, for the listeners that um, you know don't know, I'll just kind of give the 101. Um, so it's it's hemp derived CBD. So it's uh, it's grown below 0.3 percent THC. So it is a variety of cannabis. Um, it, you know, our most of our products do have uh, again below 0.3 percent THC. Uh, making them full spectrum. So they have CBD as the, the most uh, well-known minor cannabinoid that people are aware of and, you know, kind of uh, hearing about the craze and then other minor cannabinoids. There's a, a over 115 or so um, identified cannabinoids. So it's a pretty diverse uh, array of, um, of compounds within the cannabis plant, you know, terpenes, the whole bit. And, uh, you know, promoting wellness, right? So wellness through managing inflammation, uh, wellness through managing of stressors and anxiety, um, wellness in the sense of promoting a true legitimate sleep, uh, which most people struggle with. And um, absolutely, that's that's, and that's believe me it or not, right there. the U.S. government holds a patent on cannabinoids as neuroprotectants. So, you know, <laughs> me being a, a former enforcer and being punched in the face several thousand times, I thought it would be wise to start um, giving my brain some love. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so I really sort of dive in the set, you know, in the science of cannabinoids and then, uh, um, outside of just the CBD and, you know, the uh, minor cannabinoid space, um, again, these are non-psychoactive or non-psychotropic and the psychoactive meaning they do help with anxiety. So they you know, they, they really do help, you know, that general feeling of general well-being, but they're mm-hmm. non-psychotropic meaning there's no, there's no high associated with them because of the, the, the such a small amount of THC. Right. Uh, and functional mushrooms, also known as medicinal mushrooms, legal ones, uh, lion's mane, cordyceps, uh, chaga, reishi, agaricon, turkey tail, uh, mushrooms of that nature that uh, are adaptogens. Uh, a lot of them are really support the uh, the immune response and the, the immune system. Um, uh, Chinese medicines have been using these mu- mushrooms forever. Um, they are anti-inflammatory and they're right, most of them. Um, they really help with... Uh, uh, you know, focus and, and, and sustain energy like this cordyceps and lion's mane have really been known for like the brain and focus. Um, so, so it's not only just about recovery. So recovery in the sense that I talk about flushing inflammation. So whether you're an athlete or not, we're always flushing inflammation, right? Something can be inflammatory or anti-inflammatory, mainly food, you know, yeah. whole foods are either inflammatory or I mean, th- those are anti-inflammatory, but processed foods would be, you know, inflammatory. So you can look at your, all your medicine and everything you do as inflammatory, anti-inflammatory, but we're always trying to flush inflammation and we're always trying to manage stressors, right? Most people do a very poor job at that. Um, therefore, that's where addiction usually kicks in. It's a, in some way, shape or form. Uh, substance abuse, whether it's food, generally right. sugar, high sugar foods, high salt foods, but um, sugar is, you know, the definition of a schedule one drug, you know, highly addictive, oh, yeah. no oh, yeah. medical value. So you look around the country and see what we're addicted to. It's, you know, mainly, you know, food and, and alcohol, right? So we're, we're going to express and we're going to lean on something when we don't manage stress and anxiety. They're paired, they come hand in hand. And usually inflammation comes with that too, right? Where there's inflammation, um, you know, there's stress and where there's stress, there's inflammation and then anxiety is just a byproduct of too much of that. And then you don't sleep, right? You're anxious and you're stressed and, you're, you know, and then it generally leads into st- to your sleep routine. And then most people don't sleep. And um, 
they're tired, they're fatigued, their adrenals are, are taxed. And then they wake up in the morning and then you have to rely on stimulants or again, sugars and things that again, over time we, we get in the cycle of, um, you know, dis-ease. I mean, it's, a, you know, right. Eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to something, right? Stress just manifests itself into um, some sort of disease state based on genetics. So the whole idea as a human is to manage stress. I mean, it's manage stress, manage inflammation and you're well. Um, so the, 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 that just paired with the mushrooms, uh, you know, the, the combination is this pure, you know, wellness, it's recovery and it's performance optimizing, you know, human daily activities, right? It's just like whether you work to nine to five, or you're an athlete or, or your doctor or your lawyer, I mean, focus is really the key and, and being good at anything, right? It's, uh, it's focus. As everyone says, focus, focus, I mean, it's overused term, but like truly being able to focus means that you're able to not be distracted, not be distracted by pain or not be distracted by anxiety or ADHD or addiction, you know, all these yeah. things that are essentially um, byproducts of not being able to manage inflammation and stress. So I know I got a, on a long, um, you know, tangent there, but you know, you know, wellness seems to be complicated to understand, but it's really not that complicated when you understand it from a perspective of inflammation and anxiety, because everything is like, uh, um, builds, build, everything builds off those two things, you know, uh, yeah. generally life just kind of, it's not feeling balanced when we're, uh, stressed, you know, and, and anxious. And then generally there's some other inflammation going on somewhere. So we got, we got to tackle that daily. We got to get ahead of it. And, you know, and in a perfect world, people would buy into the, the notion of, you know, food is medicine, medicine is food. And you look at your food as a, um, exactly that a medicine, right? It's, uh, it, it should right. be, anti-inflammatory and it should be stress reducing right it should be very digestible and bioavailable it should build your immune system um, unfortunately we live uh, in an industrialized world that um, we have industrialized food um, system right i mean absolutely animal, yeah. animals and and processed foods it's i mean it's all nutrient depleted um, in, in fact, beyond being nutrient depleted, it's, it's full, uh, full of chemicals and preservatives and additives and, and stuff that pr promotes death and decay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you, you can pay the doctor now or you pay the farmer now, the doctor later, you know, it's like we, we have the choice to be, you know, feeding our bodies, you know, proper nutrition. And, and then, then in turn, we wouldn't get so inflamed and so stressed and so anxious and, um, and I know a lot about this space from personal experience and have been you know, living that way and how <laughs> when I retired at 28, man, like I was beat up my body stressed. I felt like I was you know, 80 years old, but I was looking at the way I was living, man. I was like, geez, yeah. I'm grinding, man. I'm grinding. I'm lifting way more than I should stressing my joints, eating way more than I ever should and eating the wrong things. Um, boozing, partying, staying up late, sleeping poorly. Um, and I was like considered a professional athlete. I'm like, God, I'm like, how did I even make it that far the way I was living? You know, the human body is so resilient. It's trying to live, you know, living organisms are just trying to live. <laughs> We're like essentially yeah, killing, that's ourselves, true. Yeah. Right? killing ourselves uh, with these daily habits. So I just, you know, took it, um, you know, um, pretty aggressively and said, guess what? I mean, I got years of damage from fighting and partying and the whole bit. I mean, I gotta, I gotta do something with my brain. So between, you know, uh, cannabinoids and mushrooms if you you know if you dive into the research i mean these things support the brain they support the gut oh, and, yeah. you know, and, and the uh, and the gi uh where the immune system lies and therefore you know they support the brain the whole you know gut and brain connection um so i'm learning all this uh by using them and self-experimenting and and uh being in that space but um now that's the world i'm in i'm just you know say i sell selling wellness it's it's not a cure-all i mean you have to buy into the to the other you know, dynamics of life, you know, and calming stress other ways too. Right. So we can't just be, you know, adding more stress from other areas of our lives. So there is some discipline involved outside of supplementation, but uh, yeah, body check wellness is a hemp thrive CBD and functional mushroom company. That's awesome, man. I never knew about um, functioning mushroom type of things like that. That's, that's really interesting to me because I've heard next, of so many other things. Plays are the next, the next cannabis. Well, you're talking about functional mushrooms, like legal, you know, therapeutic 
medicinal mushrooms and then psilocybin mushrooms like much like cannabis with it's it's a bigger you know obviously a more potent psychedelic but um same same type of thing i mean it's got all kinds of healing properties alkaloids and all these types of uh compounds that you know that uh, aren't being used right now uh appropriately anyways right exactly they, they there's no education towards the the pros of it it's more like they think of it as like the 1970s and everybody's tripping out of control type of thing where yeah. you i mean you just educated me like that 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 this is something that can be beneficial in the in the healing process and you know and it's so interesting with your brand and then i you know i've talked to darren mccarty before i've talked to him twice about um his um cannabis uh connection in michigan see mm -hmm. like as a resident of massachusetts i can't get stuff from michigan Right. Or I talked to um, a, a woman Muay Thai fighter who was from Toronto and same thing, all in the cannabis, edibles, all that stuff. So yeah. like Angelina I'm getting Black so Black. much. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, she is such a cool, cool girl, man. Yeah. She's a wicked good shit. And, you know, I'm just getting education everywhere. And it's like culminating with sports and stuff like that. I find it like that it's better that you guys are, you know, using this stuff to better your health and in mind after hockey, after Muay Thai, after stuff like that. So I find it amazing that you guys are doing well with this. And, you know, I'll put the link up to where you can get this stuff with uh, your body check wellness up in the link. But um, yeah, so I'm glad you guys are doing well. So um, on to my next thing. Um, how do you feel about, um, your, with, um, this whole, with, uh, the whole thing with the new division that is going on in the NHL right now? I think it's just what had to happen to get it done. You know, I don't think it's, you know, um, I think it's, you know, obviously crazy that you play the same team that many times, but I understand why it is what it is. I think it's a, a temporary solution just to, to get yeah. moving and get some games and, and to, and to play as close as a, a real season as you're going to get. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing normal about that. Um, but, you know, I think it's just adapting to the, the climate, I guess. Well, we do play you in an hour and a half so yeah, i know right yeah exactly what do you think of last um last game they played um big good fought battle between the bruins and flyers last uh thursday yeah thursday yeah i didn't actually see it but i think it's the one the flyers blew a lead right yeah they were down by two the bruins. they were up by two yeah exactly yeah so yeah i think uh yeah, I think they just got comfortable and blew a lead there and then landed up uh, letting the game slip away. But, um, you know, they, you know, early on the first few games there, they're really showing like a, just like a really, like they're a really good team and there's some chemistry there. And then, they, you know, like any, any season, there's like dips in play, you know, they got blown mm -hmm. out the game before uh, the Boston game there. Um, but it happens, you know, happens to the oh, best, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's just trying to stay more on the, the, the positive win side than, than having those fluctuations, um, where the media and, and people love to, to, to rip on. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think they're, I, I think they're in really good shape. I mean, they got, they got great goaltending, a one, two combo there that work, uh, pretty well together. Um, they, you know, they got some young blood in the, the overall lineup from the goaltender, you know, all the way through the forwards there. Um, you know, they, 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 they added Nolan Patrick and, uh, you know, Oscar from, you know, from, from last, well, didn't play last year, but from the previous year. So, I mean, it's just like signing two free agents. I mean, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be competitive and I think they're, you know, going to give uh, any, any team a run for their money. I mean, I think they're better than they were last year. And um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's early, it's early, you know, but the team that stays the most consistent, like as always, but I mean, the game is so condensed that you can't have three or four bad games, you know, you just can't afford it. So I don't see them being like that. They're always going to have an no. off game here and there. You just hope that your off's not that off. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm optimistic that they're going to have a pretty good run. Dude, their, their fucking cross ice passing is so unreal. Like they find so much openings, like, um, Kevin Hayes and, you know, Voracek and Drew and like, 
all that that offense can do cross ice passes like it's like nobody like the Bruins defense the other night it in them playing Buffalo too. I'm talking about your Flyers like the, their cross ice passing is ridiculous and they they know how to uh, shoot the puck and you know they're unselfish type of team right now and they're clicking. So I feel like you said I think the Flyers are going to show some good stuff this year and um my Bruins, well, not my Bruins, but the Bruins, <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bruins are going to be decent. They may get into the playoffs, but it's a tough division to play in what they're playing in. So yeah. um, the loss of Chara is is tough on that defense because it's a lot of young kids. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte McAvoy is about the size of my ankle. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be an interesting season for sure. I mean, the Flyers and I think Washington are going to be the big dogs up in up in the uh, what do you what do we call it? We're in, it's still Atlantic, right? I think so. I think what so. the division is, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, what's your prediction of the Flyers this year? What do you what are you thinking? They're going to be first in the division, or? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think they're going to be one. You know, it, it'll be. I mean, if the, the, the actual, yeah, I mean. I, They'll, they'll be right behind uh, Washington. I mean, they'll, they'll be up there the whole season, I, I think. You know what I mean? Like, um, they, I don't see how they can go a stretch and, and blow, you know, two or three games. You know, I just, like, with the firepower, they got so much with so much young juice. I just have a hard time believing that they, they, they would, like, drop off that poorly, you know, to – to slide, you know, they're going to lose some, but, uh, yeah, I think wash, I think Washington will finish top of you know, top of that side. And then, but I mean, division yeah. and flyers should be able to finish top of their division. I mean, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, when I saw Buffalo, they're, they're a very fast team, but I think they're going to run out of gas within the season. I'm just going off of early games with what I've seen. I mean, the flyers played them well, the second game, I think the first game was kind of a fluke with when they uh, I think they lost six to one yeah that was the, something like that yeah but I uh, think they're gonna start to click now something's gonna heat up with the Flyers for sure I think so too I gotta just look at some of these young guys that just got you know like got so much you know so much to prove you know like between Konechny who's leading the NHL in goals I believe you know right next yeah. to McDavid and and then again, a guy like Oscar I think he's consistently gonna put up be a point of game guy honestly like mm-hmm. this guy you know and um, you know, they're, they're veteran guys are, are really good leaders and geez, a really good leader, you know, Hayes, um, adding him in there. Um, but yeah, the, going back to the goaltending, having a guy like Carter Hart and then having, you know, Brian Elliott as like, you know, that, that more, oh, that's it. yeah. you know, it's, it's like the flyers haven't had consistent goaltending since, well, since Bob Roski, which they traded him away. Um, but before <laughs> that it was like, since Hexy. You know, like, you know, you talk about flyers of waiting for that goal. You signed Brzezgalov or you signed Brzezgalov and Trey Bob Grosky, and that was your franchise guy. So here we are. You know, I think Carter Hart is that franchise guy. Um, that's going to, you know, when you have a guy like that, um, that's so focused, so dialed in, so mature, you know, and then you got this team up front, a guy Provorov. Like, this guy's got another, another couple dimensions in him. Mm-hmm. You know, these young, these young guys that the, the, the draft picks are kind of finally paying off here. Um, I don't know. I like the Flyers a lot, you know, not just being biased, um, but I think this has been a long time coming that they're, they're in, a, in, in, in this type of shape, but now it's just staying healthy, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you, you got to win games and stay healthy. And, and once you get the playoffs, it's just like a totally different energy, you know, he's, um, but, uh, I don't think they're going to, they're going to have a, a problem scoring goals, you know? No, no. Cause they seem like they got four lines that could score goals potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like the, the Bruins have a good top two line. It's just that the third and fourth is just inconsistent. I think. Yeah. Because, you know, it, you've had people, a veteran like Bergeron, who I think should have been captain before Chara, but that's just me because he was there since the dawn of time. Um, you know, yeah. you got Marshawn, you got David Pasternak, um, Charlie Coyle, new up and coming. I mean, he was in Minnesota, but nobody really knew him until he came here. Yeah. Um, the list just goes on, David Krejci. But 
you know, um, in with Rask and Halak, I mean, Halak has been backup, but he's a decent backup. But when Rask left it during the playoffs last year in the bubble, you could tell that the Bruins were hurting because of Rask leaving. So I think if they continue to be like that and, you know, survive without Char and pick up another defenseman, there's, there's a good chance that they could maybe get another run. So we'll see what happens. And, um, Another question I had for you is in the AHL and with Lehigh Valley and um, that are they playing this year or did they cancel the AHL again this year? Oh, they are playing. There was uh, three or four teams that dropped out in the league. Uh, they're starting, I want to say next week. Next week their training camp starts. So they're playing a 36 game, a 33 or 36 game season or something like that. And it's very condensed. It's it's similar to the NHL as far as like you're playing the same team over and over and over again. It's just travel, right? It's travel. It's but it's budget. It's logistics. It's just keeping yeah, it right, simple. Because right. um, they're, I mean, in the, especially in the AHL, they need fans in their buildings to 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 make it work, right? I mean, NHL. I don't know if you ever played in Worcester. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, several times. Two people that fills there. the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're they're playing so. That's good. I was uh, I was optimistic that they were, but there was a lot of people saying that they weren't just because of again, if you can't sell tickets and like how, how is mm-hmm. that staying itself? So, but yeah, they're gonna crank crank it out, and it's good. It's good for hockey to be able to somehow salvage something out of it. Are you still in contact with people in Lehigh Valley too? Uh, a few, it's a few, yeah. a few guys. I'm still in contact with there. Yeah, uh, players and just community people. So yeah. And when you played there, for how did it feel when you won the Calder? So that was in Philly. So the Phantoms were Philadelphia Phantoms. Oh, you weren't there. Oh, yeah. Oh, so they that, were in Philly. Okay, they were in Philly for for year, like for like ten years, and then they sold. Well, they they decided to tear down the Spectrum there and they turned it into like a whole sports uh, venue. Um, but uh, they t- temporarily moved the team up to Adirondack. For four, for five, it was five years the team was there, and then they moved it to Lehigh Valley. Um, so when I retired from the Flyers, the team was up in Adirondack at the time, and they had, yeah, they knocked down the Spectrum and everything like that. So moved up there for for four, five years again while they were building this rink in Allentown. So when I came back, you know, when we when it was Adirondack Phantoms when we were up there, and then it landed up being Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So um, yeah, so I was in Philly when we won the Calder Cup. It was uh, it was an awesome experience because it was at the old Spectrum there. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you, so like in the minor league, is it, is it more fun? Like, do you have more fun than in the NHL? Is it more serious in the NHL? I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's fun in every league. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's, there's still quite a bit of partying in, uh, in the NHL. I'll probably too, probably say too much, honestly. I think it's changed a little bit, but, I participated in, in just too, too much of it, but, uh, you know, just probably just a little more loose, uh, in the American mm-hmm. league. Um, as far as like, you, we got a, a good chunk of guys working their way up, right. You got these guys that are mm-hmm. under contract and they're, you know, they're working for a job. So they're like, you know, obviously extremely dialed in They're you know, they're early in their pro careers and they're, you know, they're, they're, they've got something to look forward and work towards. Right. You got another group of guys that, you know, more in the later category of like, you know, they maybe already had their stint in the NHL. They played already. They're more of a, they're signed as more of an American league player, you know, a veteran player in the American league. And you got some that care a lot and you got some that, you know, maybe necessarily are kind of like, ah, I'm just, I'm just good at hockey. I can still, you know, make a hundred, $150,000 a year and play in the minors and, you know, collect the pay- yeah. paycheck. So, you know, maybe that these guys go out a little bit more than they should. Um, but um, you know, the, the league is a very professional league. I mean, the guys are really focused in really good shape and like, you know, like high end athletes. So you got I think it's it's there's a lot less of it than when I played as far as like the whole is just like you, you can't just be a, a drunk and and then be a professional yeah. player. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of drinking, but like you know, back in the day, it was like you like literally leave practice and you go to the bar all day and sit around and drink beer and you know, and um, it's it's changed a lot like that. But you know how it is, like you know, when there's oh, a yeah. you to 
to, to, to have a green light, you know, the, the party starts, you know, and, and gets going and the party gets escalated and they take advantage of that. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's, there's it in both leagues, you know, um, but it's just spot picking and, um, you know, it might be a little bit more of it in the American league. Cause again, you got maybe a few extra guys that might not be as committed and don't really give a shit or whatnot, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's in both of them for sure. You know, I was looking at thinking back to like the East coast hockey league and the central hockey league, which, I mean, there were some disasters in those leagues for sure. Oh, but, sure. Sure. Oh my God. But I've seen guys, you know, a ton of guys go through substance abuse stuff in the NHL and AHL, like doesn't discriminate, you know, it's just the, this guy's self-medicate going back to earlier. It's like they're stressed. They got performance anxiety. They got, you know, home life anxiety. And, uh, you know, traditionally a lot of people self-medicate with alcohol. They don't even realize that it's self-medicating and they're numbing, numbing physical pain. You know, it's easy after, after a game, it's like traditionally guys like, well, let's go have a beer. Let's go drink a beer, two beers. I mean, we're already dehydrated. We're going to drink something that's going to dehydrate us, you know, on a yeah. cellular level, even more mm-hmm. dehydrate right. the pain. You know, if you're playing a contact sport, maybe you fought. I mean, how many times did I go and have beers after the game? Get punched in the face several, several times and then go, let's go, let's go drink some beer. And then, you know, dehydrate the brain even more and then have shitty sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, but it's going back to decompressing with booze, right? Versus like, something like cannabis. Yeah, you know, we talk about, you know, THC, CBD. It's just like a totally different type of a way of decompressing, right? But there is a lot of mindfulness now. A lot of guys don't, you know, it's like, you, you know, it's not like it was where everyone does go for beers. A lot of guys right. don't drink alcohol at all anymore. You know, they're usually they're, they're cannabis guys. You know, they understand cannabis. They understand how to relax, understand how to unwind, how to how to manage stress. Because there's a, a proper way. Let me say a proper way. There's, there's there's a much better way, and then there's a very improper way. You know what I mean? And, and, and essentially, yeah. think you're you're doing the same thing and be like people are like, well, you you just you just get high. I'm like, well, I don't just get high. I mean, I'm you, I'm doing it with an intention. I'm, I'm mindfully using cannabis to to manage my stressors, to be more creative, to sleep better, to feel better. You know, it's like, if that's exactly. what, exactly, yeah. you know, but versus like, well, it's like, essentially it's like, you'd say the same thing about alcohol, right? It was like, well, you're just trying to unwind and, and do those things. But unfortunately alcohol doesn't do those things like that. You know, it, it doesn't help with a proper night's sleep. It actually gives you a, 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 a much worse sleep, right? It's not real true deep rest. It's inflammatory. It's sugar. You know what I mean? You have to digest it, harden the liver. So it's all these things. It's like, so at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to accomplish the same thing. Have a couple laughs, you know, feel good, um, you know, but they're kind of polar opposites of what they're actually doing for the body and the mind. So it's, um, there's a lot more mindfulness in sports, you know, again, guys are, you know, current guys for former guys, they're, 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 they're using the proper tools. There's still a handful of guys you know, getting swallowed up, say handful, there's probably more than a handful, but uh, guys getting swallowed up in, you know, the, the, the oxy or the, the prescription drug addiction. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. That's, it, a, that's, it, a, that's a real thing. It's plagued society and it's and it, and it bleeds mm. over into, um, into sport. But I think from what I've seen with the hockey world specifically, I'll speak to that since I, you know, I'm not too far out of it. And uh, I'm friendly with a lot of current guys still, is that there's so much more, there's so much mindfulness in the game. Like you got a mindfulness coach, you got, you know, these, all these different strength and conditioning guys um, after games are turning off lights and trying to just calm the nervous system. Like shit you'd never see back in the day. We're drinking coffee, we're drinking Red Bull, taking Sudafed if there was speed, you know, it's like whatever you could get, get <laughs> yeah, back yeah. up. And now it's like, okay, well, we got to calm the nervous system because we got to promote sleep. Um, you know what I mean? So there is still still a few guys that, you know, still lean into those old school ways of, uh, managing the grind, but there's so much more mindfulness into it. It's actually really nice to see because it's it's harm reduction, right? It's drug diversion. We're trying to get guys off hard drugs and addictive, you know, uh, substances and give them uh, a better life, right? Better recovery time, better focus, clarity, better immune systems. They don't get, sick protecting the brain all these things and a lot of whether these guys know it or not um they're doing themselves a huge service um for longevity you know and and just overall recovery time and performance and um it's it's amazing to see in such a short amount of time even though the science has kind of always been there it's just it's never really been at that stage where people can accept it because there's so many different delivery systems there's so many different varieties of whether you're talking about thc cannabis or you know hemp thrive cbd 
There's so many different, again, delivery systems between tinctures, transdermal patches, creams, topicals, uh, um, you know, fl flower, vape, um, suppositories, you know, I mean, it's all these different. I know, everything. Things, you name it. So it's it's legitimately uh, plant medicine, sports medicine. It's it's sports recovery. So, I mean, the, the, the sooner teams adopt this as an organization start recovering with cannabinoids, again, I'm not talking necessarily about THC, um, mm -hmm. like CBD, you know, and, and some of these other cannabinoids um, as recovery agents. I mean, it's like it's always about recovery time now, especially especially in this 56 game season where you're playing literally every other night. I mean, it's like if, if, when you don't recover properly, you're tired and we're tired. You perform less, but you're also at risk for injury. That's when soft tissue muscle injuries happen or soft tissue injuries happen. Um, so it's always about protecting your investment. If you can protect them through anti-inflammatory, manage them stress, um, stressors and anxiety, promote sleep. And then on top of that, protect the brain. Imagine you can, uh, you know, you could, you could shave back two weeks on a concussion, or maybe you can, maybe a two weeks concussion is like a day to day or because you, the science is showing that if you protect your brain beforehand through cannabis, you know, with, with cannabis, right. Yeah. Yep. That you're actually protecting your brain to some degree that you're, you know, the, the, it's anti-inflammatory again. It's protect, it's protection. So, you know, if it's a star player going into playoffs, Claude Giroux, and, you know, he minimized his concussion two or three weeks because of, you know, he's his daily regimen of cannabinoids. Well, that could be the difference of making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, the difference we make uh, winning the Stanley cup, not winning the Stanley cup, you know? So at the end of the day, it's, you, you gotta be honest with what we're doing, uh, you know, with our players and how we're treating them um, and what tools we're giving them. Um, if, if, if at the end of the day, you're only as good as the guys you select and put on that roster, but you got to mm -hmm. keep them well and you got to keep them performing as high as possible, recovering as best as possible. So if you're missing a couple um, of those pieces or you're not focused enough on those pieces, um, that could be the difference of winning and losing, you know, honestly, at the end of the day. And I know I sound like, yeah, well, how, how the hell do you quantify that? Well, I mean, you just you just start calculating, um, you know, games lost for certain injuries, and you talk about recovery time, and you know, the science is showing, again, the natural anti-inflammatories and neuroprotectants legitimately protecting the brain. I mean, uh, it's it's something to look at the at the very least, right? I mean, the fact that right. the everyone holds a patent on it, at, you know, cannabinoids as neuroprotectants and antioxidants, you know, tells a lot. So. Um, people are catching on leagues are catching on. It's just, it's just still a lot of, you know, red tape around how to, you know, promote how it. How to promote it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, going on with that is like, you know, like for a long time in different kinds of sports, um, cannabis was like taboo. Like that was like, Whoa, like we can't have this in our league. Like the NFL had it. Um, now it's like, slowly getting introduced and now the ufc has made it official to do that too i think hockey is a, very important for it to do that because of all the very physical it, i think they're more physical than football because of all the wear and tear on your body getting hit in the boards you can take a minor hit to the boards in some way or form it's gonna it may affect you at another point in time and you don't yeah. even know it and like you said with the recovery time like with drew if he was out three weeks if he helps with his um um his his stuff then you know he could recover a lot quicker um so you know going into that i just i think that um ambassadors i would call you an ambassador like of this um this medicines and cannabinoids and stuff like that and you know darren mccarty and like a lot more people like you guys are were big in the game you still are um, I think that's a, a good thing to have. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the NHL will start enforcing that shit. Yeah. You know, they've got some work to do, you know, the NHL alumni association did partner with a, you know, a large cannabis company in Canada, canopy growth, actually largest cannabis company on the planet, I believe still. I have stock um, in that. Thank you. Yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah. they're, I think they're doing all right. I mean, they go up and yeah. down a little bit, but, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah they, I think they put in like $20 million to study again, CBD and the brain. So the, that conversation is, you know, long, you know, long had, and I haven't seen any data from this. I don't even think this, this, this actual research is be, being done yet. 
Um, I think it was more of a PR piece. Um, you know, Canopy, I believe, has a, a suite at Maple Leaf Gardens that they actually can't advertise as Canopy. Um, but soon as Health Canada allows cannabis companies to advertise, they're basically flicking the switch and they're, you know, basically going to be the number one uh, sponsor of the NHL. They're going to take That's over awesome. whether it's, uh, what is it, again, uh, Molson Canadian or, you know, I bet you it pushes out the number one alcohol sponsor. It's going to be interesting how it plays out because they're positioned to, to do that. Um, you know, but, but, but we haven't gotten as far as like through each organization having some sort of cannabinoid therapy protocols Again, just, you know, like multivitamins, guys are taking multivitamins and they're probably the most expensive urine on the planet, but like, you know, actually taking uh, cannabinoids, much like you would take a multivitamin, like a daily essential. So you constantly Mm -hmm. know that your players are getting, you know, hundred milligrams, 200 milligrams of CBD, you know, natural anti-inflammatory daily. And, you know, so you can kind of monitor, you know, what the, you know, what's going on. And then the guys get concussions. I mean, um, and th- this and that there's, you know, sleep and there's different combinations of CBN and CB, you know, these other minor cannabinoids that really promote sleep. Um, but you could actually, you know, really customize something like that for these teams who haven't got there yet. You know, obviously Canada, it's fully legal, but this, you know, imaginary line between Canada and the U S is a pretty complicated line. So how are you going to, how are you going to say, okay, okay, you guys in Canada can have cannabis and the guys down south can't. And then, you know, guys get caught with it traveling. And then there's who knows what type of uh, liability uh, involved right. in that. So it's right now, it's kind of just like, okay, well, still a banned substance. They actually still test for THC. So to me, in my opinion, they should just remove the THC drug test altogether. It's not, it's not a performance enhancing drug and, and it's a medicine. And I mean, it, it, by you keeping it, on your drug, you know, your, your, uh, your banned substance list is just telling everyone that this is a bad thing and that we were not allowed to use this when in fact you're essentially pushing them to use booze and harder drugs. Um, exactly. so you talk about diversion exactly. is what message are you sending? So just don't test for them. Just don't test for it, you know, and then you just remove that whole thing. Um, and giving guys the confidence to do whatever they need to do to feel good. So they don't run the risk. Exactly. of the So, you know, we'll get there. I think the NFL did remove the THC test, did it not? I believe it did, um, but it was a slow and hard process. It was a hard process. A couple of players did quit because of that, and then they're like, "Hey, come back. We're sorry." Well, you know, like I'm a professional Game, how many athlete. Lives that's ruined. Just that policy alone, how many lives that's ruined? You know, what I mean, giving guys bad exactly. raps because they pop with some weed, and to make them look like you know, like there's some sort of criminal. It's like, geez, I'm like, you ever think that that herb is medicinal and that? they're using it just because they're trying to feel okay and then you know what i mean and they're trying to feel like like a human and trying to manage some some shit oh man it it really bothers me i mean you know especially the black community you know the black community has been you know so affected by it and and that's the picture that you paint too right is just like okay we got caught with some weed it's like we probably got some guns and stuff in there too make everything look all gangster and you know what i mean and and, mm. and, and dark right it's just like well no it's just you know it is still the same plant that even if a white guy got caught with it it's still the same plant right it's just like right. all of a sudden you're making it seem like it's 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 a lot worse than it is and the the the, the, the most negative thing about cannabis prohibition is that the the outcome when it is, is worse than the actual laws itself. Right. I mean, it's like, it causes more crime because you're bringing in like the, you know, the, the black market, you know, and then brings in more. Oh, yeah. And you're putting people in prison, private prison systems, you know, for, if, you know, for, for, you know, carrying and possessing a plant and, you know, you go in there and it's like, well, you're not exactly around, you know, um, people that you'd want to be learning from. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, so you so you what what is what is the end game here? You know what I mean? It's like you're penalizing someone for choosing a certain way of of medi- you know self medicating, right? And and you're ruining their lives. You know what I mean? Ruining their families' lives. You know they can't get jobs. You know what I mean? And you're pulling them out of out of their their family system and putting them into a prison system. And you know and it's it just it's just the uh, it's terrible for so so many years. So I, I like to see that. You know, in the near future that, you know, the, the, the cannabis industry recognizes this enough to try and make it right. I know there's, they're, they're, they're 
a lot of guys are getting, you know, their records expunged or whatever and getting released, but it's, it doesn't repair the damage that was caused, but at least they're trying to, in some States, you know, there's like this last prisoners project. I don't know if you've seen them, they're really helping push, you know, the, the non, the nonviolent drug offenses and, you know, kind of getting yeah, I hadn't seen stuff that. like that. Um, it's a pretty nice organization that's doing some good work, but there's a lot of your work to done. Cause there's so much, so much damage that was caused by it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think at some point it's going to be a um, it's going to be a good thing for each state. I mean, you're not going to have to pay like money to have a card or, you know, we're, we'll be able to say where I'm from, Boston, travel to Vermont or New Hampshire. Like I can't go up there and go to a, a dispensary because I don't have the state license to get the the medicinal marijuana up there. So it's like I really hope it all comes into play. But going to my final question for you, uh, Riley, is uh, what, what's your future plan with, um, you know, the wellness and Nasty Knuckles? What, what's next for you? Well, Nasty Knuckles, uh, you know, I, I just think continue to just grow it, to grow the brand, you know, get, get more guests, put more content out there. Uh, I'd like to see us branch outside the studio. Um, and do, you know, some community stuff as, you know, COVID regulations allow it, right? Just like getting the community and, you know, pairing some of our ideas with music, you know, community events, you know, with the, uh, the music and doing a ball hockey type of combination. So eventually that, that type of stuff will happen. But the podcast itself um, will, will continue to grow. And then on the wellness side, I, got, I mean, I got a lot of interesting stuff going on, you know, the Hemp Thrive CBD, you know, functional mushroom body check brand. Um, we're, we're just, just getting going on a project. We started with a state university building out an extraction facility. So we're doing cannabinoid extraction as well as mushroom extraction, um, in, in phase two state university. It's actually the, the oldest historically black university in the U S Cheney university. So we're working on a, a program to give back to the black community with that program, um, in, in the, uh, the mushroom space, psilocybin mushroom space, I'm actually in, uh, involved in an advisor for a psilocybin company out of Jamaica called Wake, and they grow psilocybin mushrooms legally and uh, functional ones as well. And um, they do clin- psilocybin and sound clinical immersions there in Jamaica legally. And um, I'm kind of the, the athlete liaison for help building out the athlete retreat arm where again, where you're talking about TBI or PTSD or depression or OCD, um, any you know any mental health issues really, psilocybin mushrooms have an amazing impact on uh, on the brain, mental health, spiritual health. So I'm doing some stuff with uh, with them and just kind of building out that athlete arm. And then uh, my own personal wellness journey, I'm in, actually in the middle of uh, my 200 hour yoga teacher training. So I've been you know practicing yoga um, for you know, since I retired, so it's almost 10, you know, 10 years now. And, uh, my practice has evolved as most practices do wherever, whatever we're practicing. <laughs> um, and I really, you know, really love the philosophy of like of yoga and, um, you know, so I'm obsessed with, you know, the physical version of it, but I'm also more obsessed with like the, 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 the philosophy of it. But I, I just felt like, you know, called to, to do that. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with it, uh, when it's all said and done, but just, uh, my own personal growth and, and everything it ties into my, you know, my understanding of, you know, managing stress and, you know, just feeling good and, and the whole bit. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of it as far as uh, wellness goes and nasty knuckles, but yeah, I've got a ton of, ton of irons in the fire and, uh, it's been good because it's almost like all these things are kind of, uh, coming together at once and they're all kind of somewhat tied in together you know i'm using going to use nasty knuckles as a, as a as a marketing arm for some of these other projects because again um you know a lot of hockey players uh, deal with uh you know in, you know addiction and and need help you know, you know figuring out how to manage uh, stress and anxiety and flush inflammation so a lot of overlap so just going to continue to move forward and yeah and uh and push the push the good word that's awesome. I'll definitely push the good word about Nasty Knuckles and Riley Cote and shit. I'd be, I think I would need yoga with your schedule, man. That's fucking your shit's crazy. <laughs> you just got to get up extra early, man. I'm up early, uh, early, early. And, uh, and I have to buy some time before my two girls get up. You know, I got two young girls and 
Um, but I've always been somewhat of an early bird, but now it's extra early, but you know, I, pr I practice my meditation every morning and, uh, depending on the day, sometimes I bang out my actual physical practice of yoga. Sometimes it's later. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. And I, and I, and I read, I mean, I do some, read some like scripture stuff and yeah, it's, 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 it's really, uh, interesting how the mind works. You know, I'm like, uh, uh just, a absolute studier of the mind and like just like i'm just so obsessed with how it works and i just learned that i mean and i think it's not a secret that however you program it it takes on that programming right so it's like yeah. it's 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 pretty simple right i mean if you fill your head space up with shit you call it the mental factory you fill it up with shit it's hard to it's hard to produce something positive out of shit right i mean it's like what you're talking <laughs> yeah you know, you know, garbage movies and listening, you know, being around negative people or, you know, things and, you know, this energy you take on and, 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 and then versus the opposite. It's like when you start filling your headspace up with, you know, positive, you know, you know, affirmations and you start talking to yourself in a positive, respectful way. And instead of worrying about the past, you start focusing on the present and, you know, simple little things that have been, you know, taught since the start of time really oh uh, yeah but it's amazing how your mental health changes you know and it's called epigenetics you can actually change your dna through meditation and the way you think and it's the way you talk to yourself right because it's your body right. your body just respond the emotion just responds to what you think so you could right away think of like something scary and something that's gonna scare you you know the boogeyman and all of a sudden you can put your state and you know, put yourself in a state of anxiety right i mean it's like but yeah um, you also Definitely. control that, right? You also control that and be like, I'm safe. I'm strong. I'm, you know, I'm good. I don't, there's nothing to worry about. You know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Breathing, just simple breath work. You know what I mean? Come, come right. shallow breathers and imagine just like, tapping in your breath. It's like, oh, feeling a little anxiety. So I'll just go maybe go into a little meditation or, you know, maybe just focus on my breath for 30 seconds. You know, it's just, but right. you have the ability to control that. And it's just empowering people to realize that, that's emotional intelligence, right? It's it might be able to identify with emotion and change your thinking based on how it's how you're feeling. So no one wants to be anxious, no one wants to be depressed, no one wants to be you know any of those you know negative vibrations. But um, the reality is is that you do have the ability to pull that in, whether you think you do or not, right? I mean that's another thing, but the discipline to do that. So I'm obsessed with just like the brain and like changing you know, your vibration increasing your frequency um through thought right and then and then like the whole idea of like you know napoleon hill's thinking grow rich is like using that same philosophy around wellness around business and right. start you know visualizing you know success and visualizing connections and growth and you know things coming together again instead of just staying idle and thinking that I'm not worthy enough or I'm, I can't do that. Or I, you know, it's just like life is a beautiful thing. It's like, we're living you know, in, in, you know, in shamanism. It's like, we're, we're in a dream, right? We're, we we're creating our own dream, but a lot of people are asleep. Um, a lot of people are waking up to their dream, but realizing that you're the artist in your own dream. Right. So it's like what you think becomes a reality. And I know it seems like, oh yeah, well that makes, yeah. I mean, yeah, we all know that, but it's, but it's so true that actually once you make that a practice, life becomes joyful and fun. You know, it's like, you know, yes, yeah. you got, you got, the, you got, you got, everyone's got their issues, right? Stressors, but you just kind of are okay with the friction or the bumps in the road because they're, you're, they're expected and you're okay with them. Right. And you just adapt and find solutions. But pretty interesting perspective you know coming from a guy you know from for me personally like i somehow found my way to the nhl and all i can think of like you know now being more mindful be like well the only reason i ever actually played in the nhl was because i was so driven you know what i mean to my point of just like believing in something enough you believe in something enough um you you can find a way to make it uh, you know a reality and put it into creation but for me it was just like i just wanted it so much and I wasn't even mindful. I was just like, I was always like, just knew that I was going to find a way. Right. I mean, I mean, whether that way was like <laughs> in the grand scheme of hockey players successful, not one NHL goal, 156 games and, you know, like 75 NHL fights or something, whatever the total number was. But like, um, I realized that like, you know, again, looking back and, you know, 
um, being honest with my life was like, I wasn't fulfilled. And I mean, a lot of it, like, they just, it didn't like all this work and all this energy was towards a goal. And I, and I accomplished that goal, but I wasn't overly like spiritually fulfilled. It was like, where's the rest of it? Like, where's that feeling that I'm supposed to feel? So there was, you know, that, that driver of just like pure spirit and taking that, you know, into my, the world now is like with more mindfulness is that like, you like imagine imagine being mindful enough with all your thoughts and if you could you know harness them and direct them into a very productive way if i would have like thought about that back in the day i could have been like 25 years ahead of where i am today <laughs> you know what i mean as right, far right. as like yeah, not yeah. wasting time you know burning up idle time by overthinking and you know what i mean and um you know whatever wasting time at the bar and all this other stuff and but uh you know should have would have could have and you know i'm not that i'm feeling like regret I've learned so much from it. And that's really what kind of like gives me the energy to kind of do what I'm doing today is just like, I just, just experienced such a different life that I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of what I'm really here to do. And I'm, you know, not even 40 yet, you know, and I, and I, you know, again, that doesn't, it's not, it's not old. So, and I feel really good. I feel a million times better than I did when I retired in 2010. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep going with it, you know, and just, uh, you know, if you keep focusing, I'm just, just again, focusing. everything's kind of on the brain and focus, like, just like reeling it in, controlling your thoughts, you know, and, 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 and finding peace, um, within certain situations and people and, and forgiveness is another big, another one for me too. Just, again, it goes back to just being emotionally aware. You, you, you're, you're carrying all this negative energy when you like hold grudges or you, you hold on to energy from things in the past. You know, so forgiveness is an important one and self-forgiveness too, right? It's like, you're not beating yourself up. Like I was beating myself up. Like, fuck, you, you fucked your hockey career up. by just over partying and being an animal and all this other shit. And it's like, I'm okay with that. That's what, like, what needed to happen for me to learn my lesson, right? Life's all about lessons and taking that lesson and not repeating it, you know, now making something of it. It's part of my story. You know what I mean? Yeah, part of like you know, the concussion stuff and, and the substance abuse, you know, part of my story is that I, I avoided a traditional substance abuse program and used plant medicine. I used cannabinoids and, and, and psilocybin functional mushrooms, you know? So like, you know, that's part of my narrative when I'm talking about that in that wellness space, that there's a, there's, there's another way outside of traditional AA programs and substance abuse programs, like plant medicines are drug diversion. I wouldn't even consider, you know, consider them drugs at all you know um yeah that's my opinion i mean we got to define what a drug is you know because it all seemed to be lumped into the same category and unfortunately they're not um so um yeah no it's just uh yeah I, I think part part of uh part of healing is being vulnerable and being honest right i mean you have to be accountable to heal otherwise if you're not admitting what you're trying to heal you're never going to heal it right, right <laughs> so, yeah yeah um, a lot of that comes to, again, going back to say s s attachment or addictions, right? I mean, they're a little bit uh, the same, they, 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 can, they can be different, but we're attached and or addicted to everything. It seems like, right. Everything can mm -hmm. be an addiction. And we talk about addictions always like, oh, it's heroin addiction or, you know, and booze, even yeah, booze, a lot of different like light. Yeah. I mean, we kind of like say, oh, just an alcoholic, it's just an alcoholic, like, um, and food, food, food is the biggest food. one, right? That's the biggest yeah. one. But, but, but with that one, we dismiss completely. Even exactly. you go to a traditional AA program, it's like food is like, okay, well, this guy could be like 500 pounds and completely addicted to, to sugar, just like crack cocaine. But well, that's just like accepted as like, okay, well, he's just, he's just, he's just got big bones. I don't know. Like, you yeah, know, fuck uh, it. <laughs> but know, just, just, just honest, let him go lose weight. That's my simple answer. No, these people have a legitimate disease. Like, like I saw a show where they're just, eating fucking garbage like all like day long twinkies with fucking whipped yeah, cream all yeah, the way yeah, up like yeah, yeah i've seen it before it is like i mean you know in the food world it's almost it would be like you know uh, someone that uh you know gets into the oxy world the heroin world is like you know jacking their arm up all day on the streets it's like it's just that yeah. i mean it's that extreme but then you have like you know the you know, the, the businessman that can be hooked to on an oxy, but still pull it together and look professional. Right. I mean, so you got different levels of like addiction, right? There's, I mean, they're all addiction. They're just like, oh, absolutely. How obvious, how obvious and destructive is that addiction? You know what I mean? And in the food world is like, if you get that addicted, it's like, they're literally like, they, they're, they're so cracked out. They, their bodies just craving one ounce of nutrition and all you're giving it is empty calories. 
you know, just chemicals mm-hmm. and empty calories and sugar and just your body just like, give me a, just give me a, give me one mineral, one vitamin, you know, it's just like when you're yeah. so, when you're so dehydrated, it's like, give me one drop, just give me one drop of water. Um, yeah. but unfortunately, I mean, they're so disconnected to the, their, their bodies and, you know, they're so disconnected. It's like, it's, it's almost nearly impossible to reel that in at that point. Right. And my, my last thing, which was great for you to say, um, you know, living in the present that that's been with me for a while. Cause you know, with mental health issues I've had, it's like, if you go backwards, you, that that's depression. If you go forward into the future, it's anxiety. Yeah. So it's like, if you stay in the present, you'll be okay. You just need to, you know, do certain types of techniques, like, like you said, with breathing and yeah. stuff like that. So a lot of people just ignore it and then it gets worse. So yeah. I'm glad you said that. And then, you know, it, and it's, it's a good lesson for people just to live in the present and, you know, don't worry about the future or the past. Yeah. It's not easy to do. It, no, it's not it's, at all. It's, it's not a lot at all. Of, right. It's a lot of discipline and, 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 and cell phones don't help that at all. Right. I mean, Oh, they web MD. Yeah. I mean, people look, doing I think, that. Yeah. The worst drug out there is the phone, man, because it's like it's a constant attention, it's constant notifications triggering, you know, the brain. It's always you know, wanting more. It wants, wants more. It wants more. So, like, like the best thing I say in my mindfulness practice is the best thing in the morning is to like not look at your phone at all, like if you can, for like forty-five minutes, just like wake up and just be. Because at one point, you know, it wasn't that long ago that humans didn't have cell phones. We didn't have this constant you know, attention grabbing, you know, technology that was robbing you of being present, you know, Wait, Remind, we didn't. Rem- reminding you. Yeah, I know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> reminding you of, you know, the shitty pictures and the shitty weekend you had and you know what I mean? Or whatever else it's like, you know, so you start emotionalizing your past behaviors and all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit, I can feel all depressed. Cause it's like, Oh, I look like a slob there or whatever, you know, Facebook, I mean, all these oh, other yeah. Yep. And then again, it's like, well, now you're, now we're competing with Joe Blow and looking at this and now anxiety is like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, I got, I got to look like her. Oh, I got to be like that. And I got to look like him and I got to drive a car like that. And you know what I mean? It's like, all of a sudden yep. it's like, um, you're not, there's no way you can live present in the present there. So it's like, unless you're a master at understanding like how to balance technology and being present, uh, which I'm working on as well that's probably one of my biggest challenges because I mean like in the digital marketing world and being able to turn off my phone and being present, you know what I mean? It's uh, it, it, you have to have discipline. There has to be some sort of boundary there. Otherwise, I mean, what, which Can was once a tool is not a tool. I mean, it lands up being a weapon, you know, it's, it's not uh, in that tool category anymore. So yeah, it's going to consume you for sure. Yep. So, but, but uh, Riley, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's an honor to have you on here and um, hope to work with you again. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and um, we'll do something else. Uh, maybe you can get um, Voracek and Giroux and everybody in the whole, in your whole room over there. Yeah. Right. That'd be something. <laughs> oh, well, well, uh, well uh, thank you again. And it's been an honor, man. Likewise. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Conversation. Thanks, brother. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Sounds good. Take care. All right. What's up? We the BMG boys. And thank you for listening. Please follow his Facebook page and subscribe to his podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Let's go. Chasing dollars.